Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So, take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hello there, my very good friends. On today's wrestling news, we will tell you all about a major WWE backstage meeting at Money in the Bank. We're going to tell you about a top SummerSlam match that has been revealed. From there, we will mention the tag team wrestler WWE are high on for a monster singles push. And finally, we will talk about Warner Brothers pushing AEW to run more pay-per-views. I'm Andy Murray. I'm Michael Hamflit. And this is the news. This is a lesser seen news presentation. Uh, yeah. Do you all? Would you call it the B team, the C team, the D team? Um, I mean, if I'm involved, it's kind of like D team by <laughs> default. So, I mean, you can take that and then just go from there. I'm ready to drag you down. Let's do, <laughs> well, let's do this. Let's, let's do this. kick things off. I think it's the other way around. <laughs> uh, our first story here. We're going to talk about a meeting that took place backstage at Money in the Bank. This has been covered by about 700 different outlets. So, uh, um, so let's get on that bandwagon. Yeah, try and keep up with this. Um, WrestleVotes actually broke the news that before Money in the Bank, uh, Stephanie McMahon, who is of course the interim WWE chairwoman and CEO, had held or, or led a backstage gathering at the MGM Grand Arena. Money in the Bank was of course on Saturday and present there were Triple H and Nick Khan, mm, of course. Now, following up on this, that, that's about it. They, they said it was generally well received, WrestleVotes, but not much more information than that. Following up on it, Fightful Select, of course, when I say Fightful Select, I've got to say, no crap, just sap. Wellborn's not here today, but the gimmicks never die. <laughs> Apart from the microphone, you're not going to see that today. Mm. <laughs> uh, now, uh, Fightful's report uh, corroborated the positive reception and said that this saw executives reiterate that Triple H is indeed back in a full-time WWE role. Additionally, Stephanie told wrestlers that her door is always open to them and then thanked, thanked the talent to close get-together that was received unanimously well by those who were there. And now PW Insiders Mike Johnson came through with even more details, uh, reporting that this was effectively a rah-rah meeting uh, to present WWE personnel as one big family working together. Nothing like that corporate culture, brothers. Uh, Nothing was said of Vince McMahon and uh, the WWE Board of Directors' investigation into allegations that he paid... Three million in hush money uh, following an alleged affair with a now former WWE staff member. Similarly, nothing new on John Laurinaitis and his status either. Now, uh, Stephanie and Triple H handled the talking, although PW Insider and Fightful confirmed that Nick Cam was there as well. And whether or not Vince was involved in this is unconfirmed and un 
clear. Uh, Johnson notes that as a result of the meeting, some wrestlers were putting their money in the bank matches together later than they usually would. So it sounds like there's been a bit of a, bit of a rallying of the troops at yeah. these latest premium live event. Stephanie McMahon playing the role of that little guy with the coffee surrounded by fire saying, everything is fine, <laughs> this is fine. I can only assume what that hasn't been detailed in the story is the point where the tickets were given out to that UFC show that Vince, Stephanie, Triple H and Pat McAfee Pat McAfee. That we just mustn't have seen the picture of the rest of the talent getting there. Strategically necking the drink when the camera yeah, was so on. Yeah, so you didn't have to be seen with them. Like, I guess it was just a staff night out and it was like, right, here's your seat, here's your details, everything is fine. No, we've kind of come to expect this from WWE at this point. We've heard about these, especially in times of crisis in the past, yeah. these meetings where the talent are all brought together and kind of told that everything is okay. Which is how in any, I think, personal and professional relationship in life, you know that things are fine, is when people yeah. gather you in a room and tell you so. I can't see anything yeah. wrong with that. I'm sure That's everything is absolutely fine. No, we should have expected this. And from a leadership and boring corporate point of view, does it not behoove Stephanie McMahon as interim CEO to do this at the first, well, one of the first opportunities where all the talent yes, are all together? Absolutely. You've got... Um, Money in the Bank, of course, as we know, is the one time of the year that Raw and SmackDown superstars can be on the same card. Definitely that one <laughs> night a year. So she's probably picked that as an opportune time to meet with all the staff and tell them that everything is fine. Um, this is both a story and not a story, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Like, it's interesting, and the fact that it's got out there means that talent wanted it to be known that it was happening. It's probably the kind of thing that happens every other week, though, isn't it? Without, yeah. without sort of really juicy, grisly details, yeah. it's hard to know if anything was really gained from this, or we, as the sort of outsiders, can pick at any further it's details. It's like a team talking football yeah. manager, yeah. Uh, and you're gauging the reactions afterwards. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, absolutely. I think... There's some notes here, particularly from Fightful, stating that talent are like re- they're really enamoured with Stephanie mm-hmm. in this world. Like she's really, really popular and stuff. So you can see them in the face of uh, recent crises, crises, yeah, Crisi, <laughs> Christmas, bringing everyone together. I like Crisi. Putting an arm over the shoulder, Crisi. Sounds, sounds like late night is technology, doesn't it? Like <laughs> download Crisi, play a mini disc on yeah. it and stuff, and put it in your calculator on share. Um, we'll move on to the next okay. story here uh, and talk about SummerSlam. That's the next premium live event. Of course taking place in some crazy ass stadium in nashville yep. tennessee uh bunch of stuff is in the works for that beery versus no the, who on earth is pat mcafee facing baron, baron i almost called him baron cutler there <laughs> uh th- that's something that came together at SummerSlam afterwards another match that seems to be going down on this show is the smackdown women's champion the new smackdown women's champion Liv morgan defending mm. against ronda rousey Interesting. This story comes from Dave Meltzer on Wrestling Observer Radio. Uh, Meltzer swatted away speculation of Rousey versus Charlotte Flair. Of course, that was kind of talked about a little bit in circles prior to Money in the Bank, but then Liv won the briefcase, won the title, beat Rousey, uh, and here we are. So this is something of a surprise to me, uh, and it's something Meltzer talks about here as well, because... The title change, it wasn't no sneaky... I mean, there's always an element of sneakiness when you're taking advantage of someone who's just wrestled the match, but it wasn't no, like, heated thing. Uh, They they were quite respectful afterwards. Ronda handed the title over, and they had a bit of a hug, and and then Liv got to celebrate and have her her capital M moment and all of that. But looks like what they're working on. Um, you got to imagine that this must be the beginning of the Ronda heel turn, right? I would think so. They, If nothing else, they definitely kind of... Proved that Liv Morgan had support in the building and on the night to win the ladder match and then win the belt afterwards. Presenting herself as, if nothing else, a babyface option for yeah. WWE in a way that Ronda wasn't. She was getting those sort of mixed reactions, so it's probably best time to turn a heel. Doing the respect bit first almost suggests that Ronda knows that on the night she's in WWE, this kind of thing can go down. Mm-hmm. 
in a fair fight, you know, one-on-one on a big stage, she'll be able to present herself as being way superior to Liv Morgan. Liv Morgan could do the old underdog bit and then maybe fall short on the night. If anything else, it might actually just propel her to that upper echelon and keep her there. Having that little taste of it, WWE sometimes like to give a little bit and yeah. then take away for a bigger moment. Yeah. This will probably have people then thirsting for Liv Morgan to do well in something like the Royal Rumble mm-hmm. or something like that because she's been at the top of the mountain and she's seen it but then she's fallen back down a again. Nice little run. Yeah, people. that's it. There's a history of this sort of thing working as a long-term strategy for WWE. And Charlotte Flair versus Ronda Rousey would be like the second of a multitude of potential WrestleMania rematches on SummerSlam, which is just a hideous look. And if that's off the table, I'm glad to see the back of it. We're already dealing Same. with Roman and Brock again. Like, the fewer rematches on that card, the better. Yeah, I totally agree. And... Uh... You can see WWE going, hey, Liv's quite popular. Maybe if heel Ronda beats her, is that the kind of heat you want? I don't know. We'll find out. We'll see how it goes down. But, of course, uh, Ronda versus Becky Lynch uh, seems to remain the biggest possible women's match they could book for WrestleMania at the moment. So, with Becky's current character direction, Trying to shift the alignments, isn't it? Exactly. That always looked likely heading into that event. So, maybe we're seeing the start of it. And up next, uh, WWE are high on a tag team wrestler for the singles push. Montez Ford, of course it is. Yeah. Uh, this is again from Dave on Wrestling Observer Radio, uh, talking about how company officials are very high on Montez at the moment, uh, particularly in the wake of his recent physical transformation. He's looking mm. tremendous mm-hmm. at the moment, that man. He always did, but even more so now. Um, now, this is part of why the company has been teasing something of a split between him and Angelo Dawkins. Um, they were kind of awkward after that after that disputed finish mm-hmm. at Money in the Bank. And of course, it's also part of why the announcers recently have been talking about how strong and good and athletic Montez looks following his <laughs> yeah. recent transformation. Also, the Usos recently were like, hey, you guys, I heard you guys weren't getting along yeah. no more. So it seems like they're sowing those seeds now. This is something I feel like we've been talking about since the dawn of time. Um, uh, Because Montez is so magnetic and so fun to watch. And he's like a crazy athlete as well. Uh, And, you know, I think one of the most exciting prospects in all of WWE. Um, So... They've been together, Street Profits, since like... On TV, they've been together since 2017, but I think they were teaming on the house shows for like a year before that. Uh, There was loads of clips of them that started doing the rounds, and they've had a successful run. They've been NXT, Raw, and SmackDown. They've also been Evolve Tag Team Champions, lest we forget. Um, (laughs) And we did. (laughs) So they've had a long, successful run. The Usos beat them at the the premium live event. We need a... You know how we call a pay-per-view a pape? Yeah. What are we call a premium like a preem? A preem? Oh, yeah. they can't be prees, can be- they? <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, that's just the drinks before the drinks. Is so that a car, a prees? Pre- no, a Prius. That's a Prius. Oh, yeah. Prius are those drinks you have around your house because pubs and bars are too expensive right. now. <laughs> Especially in Newcastle. This city is not cheap to drink in, but what are, you, what, what are we thinking of this? I know a couple of places. Um, th- like, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's, one of, it's, it's one of them um, situations where I want to see Montez Ford have this run that I think we've, as you say, we've kind of touted and talked about for years at this point because yeah. he's had that magnetism from the very beginning. Like, changes in size or physical charisma are one thing, but sometimes a guy has the it factor and he's had it you Definitely. Know, for years and years and years. And at the same time, you kind of feel a little bit sorry for Angelo Dawkins because these are a popular act and they're an act and that mustn't be yeah. forgotten. Um, Montez Ford has shone in a position where he's been permitted to shine because of his partner's selflessness and how well they work as a unit. And Angelo Dawkins, not to discredit some of these 
other old tag team wrestlers, but he's beyond the likes of, let's say, a Jim Neidhart, for example, where sure, it's just a power oh, guy yeah, coming yeah, in to do yeah. power spots. Yeah. He offers so much more to that team. So there will be a misact if mm-hmm. and when Montez Ford gets the sh- shot. And unfortunately, WWE rarely sets itself up to push both at once. They've canonized the the Marty Jannetty is used to beat their beat one partner with a stick because he didn't become Shawn Michaels. They don't know how to push two people at once. I would love to see Montez Ford get his run, but I would hope that somebody doesn't fall away in the meantime. The last obvious example was heavy machinery. Of course. You know, like Poor you, Tucker. You remember that raw where Tucker <laughs> was just hung out to dry in his new yeah. tights and his like clean shaven look while Otis was getting the run. I just when these two split up, I think they've built up enough kind of credit in the bank with fans that I hope there's something for Dawkins too. Yeah. I do look forward to what's next for Ford, but it's with a certain trepidation for poor Angelo Dawkins. Yeah, my my uh my opinion on this potential singles push has always been that it's probably inevitable because yeah. Ford is great. Uh and obviously Dawkins is really great as well. Mm. Um but that I wasn't quite ready to see the end of the Street Profits. Yeah. So uh bittersweet for sure. Um and hopefully good things await both of them when they eventually do go their separate ways. I'm Nick Friedman. I'm Lee Alec Murray. And I'm Leah President. And this is Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect. We are a new show breaking down the anime news, views, and shows you care about each and every week. I can't think of a better studio to bring something like this to life. Yeah, I agree. We're covering all the classics. If I don't know a lot about Godzilla, which I do, but I'm trying to pretend (laughs) that I don't right Hold it in. And our current faves. Luffy must have his due. (laughs) Tune in every week for the latest anime updates and possibly a few debates. I remember, what was that? (laughs) Say what you're going to say and I'll circle back. You can listen to Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect every Friday wherever you get your podcasts. And watch full video episodes on Crunchyroll or the Crunchyroll YouTube channel. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Before we go any further, though, this podcast is brought to you by Rocket Money. Do you ever feel like money is just flying out of your account and you've got no idea where it's going? Well, it's all those subscriptions. I mean, think about it. Between streaming services, fitness apps, delivery services, it is endless. I'm guilty of this, so I used Rocket Money to help me find out what subscriptions I'm actually spending money on, and it was more shocking than a wrestling betrayal. You see, Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in cancelled subscriptions. So stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash wrestling. That's rocketmoney.com slash wrestling. Rocketmoney.com slash wrestling. Uh, our final story is revolving around AEW here. It's from Andrew Zarian on Wrestling Observer Live, and I think this is pretty interesting. Um, saying that AEW's network partners, Warner Brothers Discovery, uh, would love for the company to hold more pay per views. Now, it's stressed that Discovery, Warner Bros., whatever, whatever, is not forcing AEW to making any moves on that. 
on that regard. It's just something they would like to see. Now, the upcoming Ring of Honor pay-per-view, Death Before Dishonor, uh, that was announced shortly after Zarian was told this information, um, in his eyes, might be seen as a potential test for Ring of Honor and Bleacher Report Live. See how that pl platform goes, see how that performs yeah. and all of this. Um, now, recent AEW pay-per-view, the latest one was Forbidden Door, collaboration with New Japan, end of June, great success. Uh, did something like 127,000 buys it generated. Uh, I think like a million in ticket sales and like four and a half in, in, in pay-per-view revenue. So it's done really well. Um, my opinion on the AW pay-per-view calendar is that it's perfect as it is at the moment. Mm. I wouldn't be averse to Forbidden Door becoming an annual event every year because it's kind of... It's obviously AEW canon, but it almost feels a little bit separate from the mainline product because you yeah. have the New Japan guys coming in to work. To work uh, to work programs. We'll have a question on that later on, by the way, uh, on Forbidden Door. Uh, I think four is enough. I like that they have these big monster five-hour cards once every three months or whatever <laughs> it is. I think that the length debate is beyond played out at this stage. I think that they, because they have so few of them, they can get away with the runtime. And I also think that an AEW pay-per-view hasn't felt too long in about a year and a half at this stage. Mm. Um, what do you think? Do you think they should add more or do you think the current schedule is, is looking just fine? I don't want any more. I, yeah. it's, a, it's a philosophical thing for me. It's one thing, and there's debates online, and this happens with WWE as well. You saw it with the signing of the poor brother, Jake or Logan, I never can remember which one. Sean. Sean, thank you. When they signed Sean Paul on Friday, um, <laughs> the big conversation was around, well, look, he's a big star, and he's going to generate huge revenue. It's like, well, yeah, but like, is he going to be great for wrestling fans? Do you want to watch him? Yeah, yeah. do you want to watch him? Is he going to be great? Is it going to be cool for the fan experience? And people have, there can be two conversations here. And every bit of growth for AEW, every metric that suggests that the business is thriving is great. Of course it is. Mm -hmm. But from strictly a fan experience, have we not learned anything from how content churn has effectively destroyed the way that WWE presents a wrestling show? Yes. There is now one wrestling show and one content show. And they operate in completely different wavelengths. And AEW somehow has remained the wrestling show mm -hmm. despite having to enter the content world. But we've seen evidence that it can get sucked in really easily. Look at Battle of the Belts thus far. Look at, for all I agree, Forbidden Door was a like, great success in the end. It muddied the television having another pay-per-view so soon after the last one. It's not how they yes. typically they pattern their booking you know, to work between these pay-per-views. Yes, so it did have a detrimental effect on the television. Rampage feels inessential most weeks and yet if it succeeds, odds are it gets a second hour and again that creates more content less attention that can be paid on the the overarching, bigger, longer form stories that really haven't been evidenced in AEW for much of 2022. Sure. I do think these things have a um, tangible and what's the word I'm after? There's evidence to suggest that these things do exist on television. They have a detrimental effect. And yeah, it's not for me, but I kind of think in wrestling, as with all forms of things that are driven by capitalism, these things are inevitable. If rich people at Discovery want it, <laughs> we're getting it. No matter how much yeah. we debate or pill clutch on how much we want it, it's probably going to happen. Yeah. Ultimately, yeah. monthly pay-per-views only existed because wrestling felt like it needed to keep up with itself. Yeah. If down the line, uh, Discovery won it and, AW, and their AEW's main paymasters, it's probably going to happen. Yeah. I, just, I, yeah. I just don't want it. It's the content world, isn't it? Yeah, um, unfortunately, yeah. More is more and all of that mm -hmm. stuff. All right, we're going to go over to our Twitter questions today and thank you... We got loads of these today. Thank you so much to everyone who sent them in. I tried to pick a few from people we don't often. We have a few regulars and we love you and we appreciate you, but I tried to get some names that aren't so familiar with myself. Okay. Spread out a little bit. So the first one today comes from Ang Ang, Andrew, Andrew Ong, I believe. Sorry if I've mispronounced your name. I'm a terrible idiot. Um, but they ask, hello, sir Andy Murray. Thank you. Uh, well, you don't have to go through with the king of the mic today. Don't touch that. <laughs> That couldn't have worked out better. 
<laughs> the question is, my question, like everyone else must be asking, um, how do you feel about Austin Theory winning money in the bank? Uh, do you think uh, it's for future planning, like him as champion versus John Cena at WrestleMania 39? Yeah, yeah, we haven't spoken about money in the bank too much here because it was on Saturday, not yesterday. Um, what do you think of, of Theory in general and his prospects and the chance of him facing Cena at Mania? I think they're telling us to get behind a guy without giving as much evidence to suggest why that should be. Um, more extended thoughts from myself and Michael Sidgwick coming on the What Culture Wrestling podcast, wherever you get your podcast later on today. We will be reviewing, as Murray says, Saturday pay-per-view sometime to make it difficult yeah. in the UK for content. Yeah, it's you've got to feel it. You've just got to feel it. And I don't get the sense, well, I don't personally feel it, seeing as you're asking us, but I get the feeling that that's the case with a lot of people as well. You are being shown this guy who WWE are going to robustly get behind. Um, whether anybody has particularly requested that or not is by the by. They've just decided it. Look, they did it with Randy Orton and then poof, 20 years later actually worked. So who knows? <laughs> we could be in for two decades of this. Uh, they'll sometimes, you know, Triple H said this years ago that it's got to be the man that makes the belt, not the belt that makes the man. And yet WWE have proceeded time and time again to not follow that philosophy. Yeah. And they might, if. You know, if the briefcase isn't strapping up already, the belt itself might do it. Um, he's got a few things hanging over from his past, from the likes of speaking out allegations that people haven't forgotten, and nor should they really. Yep, absolutely. So that kind of like hangs around too. Um, ultimately, if he was super over, people would put that to one side. I think there's been evidence of that with Riddle. I think a lot of people have just parked things that happened at the time Definitely. because of how he's risen up in what feels like a more organic fashion. It hasn't occurred like that with Theory yet, and we've seen plenty of guys go through this... WrestleMania push, Vincent Mann endorsement stuff, and it all like that. Drew McIntyre lives mm -hmm. a gimmick of a guy that had all that, mm -hmm. lost it, and had to go away. Grasp it back. Yeah, so this yeah. is not new. If you don't feel it, I don't think you're alone. Yeah, no, I completely agree on every single level. Um, I do like that the, they invested in some younger wrestlers mm -hmm. to win these matches, and, and obviously Liv came away with the title at Money in the Bank. That's good. Obviously, they've been needing to do that for a long, long time. Um, but with Theory, I, I'm yet to see... Uh, a compelling argument or compelling evidence that he has a John Cena or Randy, even Randy Orton like yeah. ceiling uh, in pro wrestling would love to be proved wrong because he's very young um, but as of right now I'm not quite buying stock on the guy uh, second question of the day comes from Sean Folk who asks uh, hey my guy okay I rarely ask questions because they rarely get answered but here it goes oh thank you are Sean uh, <laughs> since the shot uh, since the short money in the bank uh, the short video spooky video uh, it was probably about the return of Edge do you think that Bray Wyatt is really going to return to WWE ever really any day sometime maybe what do you reckon of the flipping fiend and his prospects of returning after it was revealed that that video probably wasn't for him well much like Edge when it comes to the fiend's return I need this I need it <laughs> um, I do think he will yeah, yeah. wrestling if, yeah. if he's going to remain in wrestling WWE is the best place for him um, Impact would work They've dallied, they've like did and dallied before with the sort of stuff that the Fiend has done and Bray Wyatt has done, and you get loads of creative license and loads of room to play with whatever gimmick he wants to play with. Ultimately, I think that most people come back anyway. Sure. You know, like what was two years ago? What would have been more realistic? Cody Rhodes working for WWE or the Fiend working for WWE? You know, and yet here we are, we're back with Cody. People come back for all sorts of reasons. You might have to come back for ten cents on the dollar from his old contract, mm -hmm. but. I just think that, if anything, WWE makes the most sense. They do wacky stuff all the time. Constantly. It's a bit, it's a better playground for wacky wrestling than just about anywhere else, despite the fact that it presents itself as, you know, they're too serious for the theme. Too, it's. I think it's inevitable that he ends up back there, even if he has to go somewhere first. Yeah. I think I think sooner or later you'll get our version of Bray Wyatt back. 
Yeah, I completely agree on every level. I, I, I've said this a few times. Um, I feel that WWE is the promotion best suited for him, so it was uh, difficult when he was released. Mm. Um, he would, I think he'd be a great fit in Impact, and I think they'd love to have him. Um, can they afford him would be my mm. question yeah. um, with regards to that. But our final question today comes from Joshua Todd, who asks, if Forbidden Door happens and it ends up taking place in Japan, do you think the New Japan and AEW try to configure that as a standalone show over there, or do you think they add it... Uh, as a night of like an extra night of one of their more established shows so say for example Josh uses the example of um, Noah versus New Japan being a Wrestle Kingdom show this year Um, my thoughts on this are really brief I think it's much more special if it's its own standalone thing and it has its own build and it's not cluttered up with another show as it would be if it was part of Wrestle Kingdom for example or even Dominion Um, that being said I can see from the company's point of view them going well we're going to have loads of western fans in Tokyo for Wrestle Kingdom anyway if we do it as night free it probably guarantees a good a good crowd and you know a good western audience at the very least but uh, for me personally as a fan single night event what do you reckon? I completely understand. I think as wrestling fans, we're sort of trained to like things to be neat and tidy and things like that. So having it as Forbidden Door one night a year does feel special. However, I'm actually going to divert from that take when it comes to Wrestle Kingdom. I think it'd be brilliant to have Wrestle Kingdom Night 3 be mm. the sequel to Forbidden Door or another AEW New Japan Super Show. One of my introductions to New Japan Pro Wrestling as a fan, mostly American wrestling, was when TNA dabbled with them. Yes. And getting to see TNA wrestlers working at the Tokyo Dome was good for their stock and it looked great for them. And as much as I think you're right from once upon a time about the Western audience that would have travelled for Tokyo Dome to go to the egg, as I would like to, and I'm sure <laughs> you would too, is that really a thing now? We're sort of two or three years on from New Japan's commercial peak in the West. AEW would certainly inflate that, mm-hmm. if not Definitely. double it. You know, like, it, well, we don't know what, it's all speculative, but I have to assume that AEW would add tremendously to that third yeah. night. Um, and if anything, New Japan kind of created the possibility for it with that Noah mm-hmm. show. That didn't really create the buzz that I think they would have liked for maybe a beyond of, uh, political stuff yeah going on there. exactly yeah. you know beyond certain bubbles I don't think that really kind of the great muta <laughs> indeed um, but AEW I think would help that along it's clearly a smoother relationship yes. we're led to believe by the show we've already seen and yeah the, the idea of seeing some of these AEW wrestlers uh, in the AEG and then getting to <laughs> use that footage on Wednesdays and Friday nights and see them in the Tokyo Dome like imagine just imagine an act like the acclaim, for example, yeah. doing their shtick but along that massive um, Ricky Starks, Ricky Starks, another guy like that. And stuff. Yeah. Kenny Omega potentially making an AEW return, but making it in the Tokyo Dome. There's, there's so much fun you can have. It's, it's the Forbidden Door Fantasy Booking, but in New Japan's home yeah. turf rather than AEW's. So I think it offers up all the joys of the first Forbidden Door, but flipped. So I would be massively in favour of that. Anyway, thank you for joining us on today's wrestling news video. Love you very much. Yes, uh, you can follow us on Twitter. <laughs> Send us your Twitter questions at WhatCultureWWE. You can follow Michael Hamflit at Michael Hamflit. You can follow me at Andy H Murray. The H stands for Hey, how'd you like your taste of the good life, you sacker? <laughs> we'll see you later. Bye. Cheers. The microphone's dead. And so is your soul. Do you love anime, gaming, movies, and discovering how your favorite pop culture affects everything you do? Then join us on Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect. I'm Nick Friedman. I'm Lee Alec Murray. And I'm Leah President. Every week you can listen in while we break down the latest pop culture news and dish on what new releases we can't get enough of. Whether you love movies. I'm going to tell you all about the uh, hopeful 4K re-release of Tron Legacy that happens. (laughs) (laughs) I'm right there with you. Or music. The music in this show is 
absolutely yeah. incredible. Or anime. Yeah, and under this sure. mask is another mask. <laughs> <laughs> you can discover your new favorites right here on The Anime Effect. Listen every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts, and watch full video episodes on Crunchyroll or on the Crunchyroll YouTube channel.